I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Welcome back to News Du Jour. If you're new here, I wanted to start off with the disclaimer that while we promise to be a calmer space to consume the news, that's not to say that bad stuff doesn't happen. And when it does, we're going to be here to tell you about it and acknowledge its seriousness. However, we believe there's a lot more than doom and gloom going on in the world. And we will report on a range of different topics from entertainment to business to politics to art and fashion and much more. Whatever the top stories of the day are, that is what we're excited to tell you about. We're glad you're here. Hey, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Good morning. I wanted to let you guys know about a bonus episode that we made live yesterday. It's an interview with a productivity coach. Yeah, that's her job. She actually helps people become more productive in their day-to-day lives. And so when I heard about this, I was like, okay, we've got to have you on the podcast. We need to know your tips. And so she walked us through some of her most basic tips and advice for maximizing your productivity um, and being the most productive you can in the hours you've allotted for work. And she does really emphasize that that is an important thing to take breaks and to let yourself breathe. And that actually helps you to be more productive. So if you were thinking it was like a work till you die kind of uh, conversation, it's definitely not that. Um, and you can check it out. It's right here in the podcast feed. Bonus episodes are, are on the same feed. They're just you know, demarked by having the word bonus in all caps in front of them. And if you kind of scroll down to the bottom of our feed, you'll see a bunch of them in case you guys haven't explored those yet. There's um, several of them there for you to go over. Also, if you get a membership with us, we have a backstock of even more bonus episodes if you guys are interested and you can become a member on our website. As always, the links to our website and all of our social media platforms are in the show notes. So you can even email us um, at the email address in our show notes. So if you want to get in touch, that's where you go. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the news for today. So Kim Jong-un's sister. There have been some big meetings going on in Asia this week, and the North Korean dictator's sister, of all people, had a strongly worded message for the United States. She said, quote, We take this opportunity to warn the new U.S. administration trying hard to give off gunpowder smell in our land. If it wants to sleep in peace for the coming four years, it had better refrain from casting a stink at its first step, end quote. 
This hard tone likely comes from the idea that the new administration will come down harder on the communist dictatorship than previous administrations did, namely because of the human rights uh, objections that they might have. Trump was actually the most cozy president we have ever seen when it comes to North Korea's Kim Jong-un, but even they exchange very harsh words at times. What's weird, though, is the Biden administration has said that it's actually reached out to North Korea through multiple channels since February, and the North Koreans have basically ghosted. But there are many signs, there are not many signs of worry, as their South Korean neighbors have not reported any irregular military activity in the North, so hopefully the talks will go well and a positive contact will be started, at least to the extent that you can have one with an iron-fisted dictator. So for our next story, the Catholic Church offers reparations. So the subject of reparations has been widely discussed across the United States lately. But a subsect of Catholic priests have decided to lead the way and unexpectedly stepped out with a pledge of $100 million in reparations for having bought, owned, and sold slaves in its past. As a country, we are still grappling with the legacy of slavery and the scars of segregation and the ghosts of Jim Crow. We are still working to understand the effects that stretch far and wide, reaching its long fingers into every aspect of life in black America today. For many Americans, it is the who and the how questions that irk them about reparations. Like, should they happen? Where exactly does that money come from? And how do we decide who gets it? And How would we even make those decisions? But perhaps the Jesuit monks will answer those questions for us. Someone had to be the first, but no one expected this centuries-old, often viewed as corrupted institution to lead the way. And yet, here we are. So how exactly did this unlikely event come about? Well, It happened because a group of descendants learned that their ancestors had actually been sold by the Jesuits in 1838. The order apparently relied on slave labor and sales to sustain their clergy, finance construction of things like churches, schools, and so on. The descendants had actually asked for one billion dollars and that is because that is the estimated amount owed based on the work forced upon their ancestors. Places like Georgetown University were built on the back of Jesuit slaves. And while this total could never come close to making up for years of captivity, torture, and likely killings, this is just what they are owed for the little literal work completed. And while the total that they've pledged does fall gravely short, 
it could still do amazing work for the community and it is better than the doing nothing that we've seen from so many other institutions. The Jesuits have identified about 5,000 living descendants that they will be distributing the money to. They are starting with a down payment of $15 million, but have hired a fundraising group in order to help them raise the rest of the money they need. As Mr. Stewart, one of the descendants, put it, quote, They did not come running to us, but because we went to them with open arms and open hearts, they responded. They have embraced our vision, end quote. And for our next story, we're discussing a dust storm in China. So there is this giant dust storm going on in China. Being from Oklahoma, these images really hit home and remind me of vintage imagery I've seen of the Oklahoma Dust Bowl that plagued our state through the 1930s. But These are the largest and the strongest dust storms China has seen in over a decade. So bad that they're having to ground flights, close schools, and basically shut down for safety. Bridges almost look like they are set before a green screen. You cannot see anything past them other than a hazy orange wall. Everyone has been encouraged to stay indoors but especially the elderly and the sick. Let's hope that everyone can stay safe until the storm passes. So for our last story today, we're discussing Purdue Pharma's predicament. So I'm going to be honest with you guys. I found this story super annoying. I just wanted to give you a heads up. I'm going to kind of circle back around to what specifically I found annoying in it because it's kind of complicated. If you remember from our previous stories covering this topic, there's a family that's really at the epicenter of fueling the opioid crisis. They're called the Sackler family, and currently they're being sued from all angles. They stand to lose a lot in this conversation. And well, they just put forth their plan, quote unquote, for dealing with things going forward via their lawyers. They want to step back from their company, Purdue Pharma, but have it now sell opioid treatment drugs and fund facilities where people can get off the drugs. They also plan to implement safe ways of consuming the drugs. But to me, whether they're a part of the company or not, making any profit off of the pain and suffering they've caused by getting so many people addicted is still horrible. It's continuing their toxic cycle. They plan to sell the drugs at a lower price, but they'd still be making a profit off of it. And maybe they just need this company to get far away from this type of drug. And Purdue Pharma maybe needs to sell a different pharmaceutical. (laughs) And it seems that a number of courts have already agreed with the way that I'm feeling about this. 
This plan is a no-go in a lot of courtrooms and not even worth discussing from their perspective. A lot of courts have already tossed it out, but it's still troubling that the Sackler family is still trying to weasel their way into this industry or maintain their presence in this industry where they profited billions off of a national tragedy. As Maura Healy put it, the Massachusetts Attorney General, quote, The Sacklers became billionaires by causing a national tragedy. They shouldn't be allowed to get away with it by paying a fraction of their investment returns over the next nine years and walking away richer than they are today. End quote. And that's the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you with the quote, A woman's life can really be a succession of lives, each revolving around some emotionally compelling situation or challenge, and each marked off by some intense experience. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on Apple Podcasts would mean the world to us and really help us be able to keep creating the news du jour for free for you guys. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, sugarfree underscore media on Twitter, and just sugarfreemedia, all one word, on TikTok. You can also subscribe to emails on our blog so that you get an alert every time we have a new post or an announcement, and that's at www.sugarfreemedia.co. Again, that's sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoie and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. Our Sugar Free Media logo is by Catherine Jezik Designs. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from Oh, oh.